For the first time in 20 years, the Philadelphia DA has charged a former officer with an on-duty shooting. Was it the right call, and will the charges stick? Let's get the inside story. Good morning and welcome to Inside Story. I'm Tamala Edwards. Let's introduce you to our panel this morning. We'll start with attorney George Perrell. Morning. Temple Law Professor Jan Ting. Hey, Tam. Journalist Larry Platt. Good morning. And columnist Christine Flowers. Good so, good morning. Sorry I cut you off. <laughs> this case has been controversial for a while now. Officer Ryan Pinnell transporting three other people to Special Victims Unit sees a man on an ATV and decides to go into oncoming traffic to stop him. <coughs> They get into it. In that altercation, he says he felt that the man had a gun. He says he felt threatened, but police then found that the man was shot in the back 25 feet away from the gun. Richard Ross fired him. An arbitrator, usually, often they bring officers back. That's not what happened in this case. And the question had been whether or not the DA was going to pursue charges. He says a grand jury says I should do it, and I'm going to do it. Was it the right call for Larry Krasner? You know, Larry Krasner was not the fraternal order of police's choice for district attorney, but he was the choice of Philadelphia voters. He wouldn't bring this case if he didn't think he could get the conviction. And that's why we have a trial. That's what the trial is to decide. So I think everything is as it should be. And we need to see the outcome of the trial, await uh, the findings of the court, and, and we'll see what the proper outcome is. But we know, Tam, go ahead, Christine. I think, uh, to, to Jan's point, um, this the threshold was, is this a case that could be brought to trial? Is this a case that the facts are just, you know, good enough to be able to say, yeah, there's something wrong here. This police officer probably or, or might have um, abdicated his, his duties. And I don't think it's surprising. You said the question was people were waiting to see will charges be brought. I don't think with this district attorney who ran on mm -hmm. police corruption and what have you, I don't think there was a question that he wouldn't have brought charges when he was brought a case that he thought could fit it. Um, but it's up to a jury to decide whether beyond a reasonable doubt, Officer Pound was guilty. And but we find that even when charges are brought, it is very hard to get a jury to convict an officer or former officer. Do you think they will get a conviction actually in this case? Well, pa Pownell uh, seems like the poster child for cops run amok. Um, this is not the first time he mm. shot someone in the back. And uh, there have been 15 complaints about him over five years, which is the third most on the force, which makes you wonder about who the, who the leader of the clubhouse is. Uh, so I, I, look, I think I think this was uh, Christine's right that this the, this was the delivering of a campaign promise, but it it's it was also the right call um, because when Krasner says no one should be above the law, that seems like a safe a safe principle. George, the FOP immediately came out and said we back Pinnell, and these charges will all be dismissed. I kind of wonder. Obviously, it is McNesby's job to support officers, <laughs> but if you stand up and say every now and then we've got questions let's see what a jury has to say does it give you more credibility should they have said maybe this is not the place to hang our hat yeah I, I think the challenge for all labor leaders is they get elected like everybody else so they stand for their membership and then they'll change as, the, as they move along and I think we all understand that police officers have a really hard job and they have a, a they should have a larger margin for error than most of us but this case doesn't fit that pattern this case calls for a court trial and it calls for a jury and I think it, it calls for a conviction. Let's talk about Krasner a little bit here. As you point out, he was elected to do things like this. 
But there has been a groundswell of grumbling about some of the other cases he's ha handled, Officer Michael Wilson, other cases where the victims' families or others think the Krasner's playing down people who should be facing harder penalties. It seems understandable why he would take this case. Could he also be smarter the same way we're saying the FOP should? Take a case like this and really press it, but maybe not some of these other cases. I, I, I think the answer is yes. I think that Krasner, as a candidate and as a defender, is way over here with respect to his situation. I think that he will mature as district attorney. I think that he will understand, hopefully he will understand, that you're not elected to to fulfill your campaign promises. You're elected to be a district attorney and that means you've got to be objective and you've got to be fair in the job. And I think he's a smart guy I think he'll get there. I, I, what, what George said is exactly right. It, he's not there to make the people who put him into office happy. He's there to do justice. And sometimes that's going to make the people who were cheering him on election night very, very angry and very unhappy. Um, he's got to have that integrity to be able to do that. And there are a lot of people out there who support him there are legions who suspect that he 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 may be politically motivated in some of these well, things. And yeah, and that's my, my, my concern about Krasner, I've written about this a lot, is that he's an ideologue and not a practical problem solver. Right. And, and, you know, um, uh, I, I worry about what his thing is with victims because he doesn't he 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 doesn't seem to get that the that victims of crime are actually a proxy for all of us uh, and and Bravo. you know they can't all be wrong all the, this parade of victims complaining about his conduct with them all different really, races yeah, all different yeah. situations this is not this is not an, an issue of race either I mean you have the family of, of Sergeant Robert Wilson if you remember Robert the Wilson, I, said, I yes. mean no no first degree charges no death penalty on the table which he announced. I mean, this is a family of a, of a black police officer that was murdered in cold blood, and that family's complaining. But, but, but he has, he has, he's in a very difficult position. Yes, we should be concerned about the, the victims of families, but we also should be concerned about the, the families of people who are falsely convicted. True. Uh, and, and he has a responsibility to try to balance that, and if he balances it, he is going to anger people on both sides. Well, speaking of angering people, um, I get angry sometimes when I walk into the break room here and open the refrigerator. Everybody's been through this. The Philadelphia Police Department is dealing with something where a detective in the homicide division, somebody's thrown away food in the wastebasket. It stinks. He writes a letter that he then pins above the race, uh, above the basket, which says, you know, call somebody a filthy savage, says that they must be the child of an absent father, some other things that some people saw as racial codes. And so Richard Ross said that we're going to open an investigation into this. Is the right way to look at this is perhaps racial bias or somebody who just really let their anger get the best of them? over a workplace situation. How should the department look at this? I think it speaks to what hypersensitive times we live in, that um, a note which in other times might have been, say, somebody's laying off steam here, um, is is kind of a big deal here. And and we all need to be more sensitive about the fact that we live in these, in these uh, difficult times. So I, again, I think the outcome is right. There has to be an investigation and, uh, and the police department will look 
at it internally uh, and figure out what needs to be done. And and it seems to me entirely appropriate what's happening. I think Jan's right. It's less about the subjective intent of the officer than it is about how we are now conditioned to expect the worst. And I think I think that's a very sad commentary on us in society. But we've seen this uptick of of enmity and of hatred. And so it's it's not that unusual for someone who receives a letter saying your mother was a blank and baboon and all of this stuff to say. I would have ah, just said, you know, we throw your trash that. out somewhere but, else. But, yeah. but, but this, I mean, look, we can, we can parse this all we want. This reflects the worst of people. It is racist. It is, it is something that, that a person wouldn't write if they didn't think they have a constituency mm -hmm. that it speaks for. And it's not, I mean, and even if you are venting, you don't vent in racist terms if you're just venting. If your concern is that the trash stinks, right. that's those. These are not the words you use. You talk about parental heritage and all right. that stuff. Yeah, so that was the horrible thing. Yeah. You know, your parents. Well, what, what is that? And by, and by, weren't there murders he could have been solving rather than writing this well, note? And, and by the way, what what exactly is the investigation? The officer put his name on yeah. on this on this uh, note. And also, I think George is right. Uh, this this clearly is racist, and it didn't occur in a vacuum, right? This is the same police department that 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 mishandled the Starbucks incident, which uh, uh, Commissioner Ross at first defended. So I think there is an element of sensitivity training that needs to be, take place. Let's turn. Uh, it is after Labor Day, so now politics gets serious. Let's run through a couple of things if we can. Carper won handily in Delaware, whereas many progressives had taken out Democratic incumbents elsewhere. At 70 years old and still got it, still ticking. What does this tell us in terms of what we know about Democrats and the left and what to predict? Well, you know, I ran against Carper in 2006, mm -hmm. and I, I know him well, as most people in Delaware do, because it's a small state. Tom Carper is the most successful politician in the history of the state of Delaware, and maybe in the whole United States. He's won 13 statewide elections so far. Uh, this will be the 14th that he's expected to win uh, this year, and he's never lost, right? Name me a politician in any state who's run statewide 13 times, winning them all, never losing, and is about to win his 14th statewide election. I think he's out of step and he's going to lose. So you think so? I think he's going to lose. I think people are missing how much people want change. I mean, look at Krasner, look at the, 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 the city controller in the city of Philadelphia, 10-term incumbent, loses in Massachusetts. But, is he gonna but you think he's going to lose to a Republican? Yeah, I think he's going to lose to a Republican. And a Republican who's run very much to the right in that I state. Think, I think he's going to lose. All right. Prediction here from George Burrell. I don't... I, 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 I could be wrong, but I, I think that um, we, we in the media have overplayed this sort of... Uh, ascendancy of the left. Um, you know, when you look at uh, Ocasio-Cortez right. in New York, that was a great story, but she got 5,000 votes. Uh, th that was a, that was a, a I think, it was a I think there it is a change, right. there is a change, but I, I think there's, I think you're going to see, look, I, I think in, in Florida, Gillum, uh, I'm afraid that, that the Democrats just lost Florida by electing a guy who only got 32% of the vote and who, and, and, and who is, uh, because the moderates, the two moderates, both had the money and took each other out. Uh, I, I think the problem is, I think elections are still going to be won in the center. 
Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm behind the times. I don't think it's left or right. I think it's change. People want hmm. change. They elect candidates who represent change in their mind. This week we had the Kavanaugh hearings, and Cory Booker from New Jersey had quite a moment. I am Spartacus. Bring it. <laughs> uh, the Republicans, of course, said this is about you grandstanding yeah. and wanting to get out there for the nomination in 2020. And indeed, did he do himself a good turn this week if, if that was part of his goal well, or first of not? All, I mean, he, he, he got up there, I am Spartacus and I'm doing this and I don't care if you expel me and look how brave I am. When the classified documents that he was leaking had been unclassified or that he was releasing had already been declassified that morning, had he read his emails, he would have known that. Um, but if you don't care if what you're saying is I wanted to give progressives out there something to look at that Elizabeth Warren is not the only person who would stand up. Did mm -hmm. he do himself a good turn? I, I think Corey has done himself a good turn. He's looked presidential. He's looked like a leader. He hasn't been irrational. The fact that he didn't read his emails, they should have been declassified a long time ago before this process started. So I, I think, you know, everybody is posturing in this situation. I mean, Kavanaugh is more likely to get you know, confirmed than not confirmed, so everybody is posturing. Okay, so the races in Pennsylvania, Wolf Wagner, Casey Barletta, our friend Terry Madonna is like, wake me when it's over. Nobody <laughs> seems to be doing anything. But across the river, looking at Hugan Menendez, the ads are coming and they're getting nastier by the minute. What do you guys see in terms of where that race is going to go and who looks like they're going to triumph in the end? It's a more interesting race than we have here in Pennsylvania, yeah. that's for sure. Um, a, because of the money that's been put in it, and, a, and B, because Menendez could be vulnerable that he had that surprising primary race where somebody came out of nowhere yeah. and got 40 percent in a, a primary against an incumbent United States senator um, without any campaigning really with, without really waging a campaign so that shows there's some antipathy towards the, the incumbent is that going to benefit the Republican in the race you know I mean George is saying a Republican could win in Delaware I think that's far-fetched but but I mean many are but, saying Hugan actually and he's got he's I think got He's expected money. to put five million of his own yeah, dollars into this I, race. But I think he spent fifteen. Maybe more. He spent fifteen million already, and in Menendez is still ahead. And now they're both spending money, and he's got his own baggage. He's not the change candidate that I'm talking right. about. Right. He's, in got terms of, he, he's got feet He's got tremendous baggage, and I think that Menendez, you know, it may be closer than it needs to be, but I think at the end of the day, he prevails. So just keep that in mind, as you can't watch TV without seeing those ads. Very quickly, <laughs> down to the last minute. Uncle Joe barnstorming this week in Pittsburgh, in New Jersey, with these speeches that are ramping up talk that he may be also tossing his hat in in 2020. Is that what we're seeing or no with Joe Biden? Joe Biden's always wanted to run for president. He's done it twice at least and, and, and wants to do it again. And given good health and, and the opportunity to do so, there's no doubt he's going he's gonna to take another shot at uh, it. And you know what? Democrats who are, are leery of the very uber progressive wing might look at him and say, we like this guy. We feel safe. Go ahead. Well, Go ahead, and, Uncle Joe. And especially because he's 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 got credibility with those white working class right. voters that voted for Obama twice and then and then voted for for Trump. George, this sounds like a nasty primary between him and somebody to the left, like Corey or Elizabeth Warren or others. Well, I, I think Biden has done it twice. He has shown the inability in debates and across America to make himself a viable candidate for president of the United States. Is he qualified? No question. But but this is going to Harris, Booker, Warren, others. It's I not going to be Joe mentioning Biden. Kamala Harris as well, who right. also stood out. We're going to take a break and come back to more Inside Story. CBC's Inside Story is presented by Temple University.
Welcome back to Inside Story. I'm Tamala Edwards. This week we saw two interesting th things in states nearby. We saw the state attorney for New York say that they're going to subpoena all the dioceses in New York State in the wake of the Pennsylvania grand jury report. And in New Jersey, Grabeer Graywall says he wants to open up a task force to look at what has happened in the diocese there. Some have surveyed other states, and many of them have said we can't talk about what we're doing. Some of it's more diffuse, but is this the beginning of a national movement where we're going to see grand jury reports in more states than not? I don't think New York and New Jersey, the only states that are lining up uh, in response to Pennsylvania's uh, grand jury report. I think a lot of attorney generals are feeling pressure that uh, they better get her, you know, do something because if things are discovered on their watch and they took no initiative in light of uh, the Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania uh, report, I mean, they're going to be held to blame. So I think uh, we're going to see more attorneys general launch the kind of investigation that Josh Shapiro launched in Pennsylvania, and we're going to get more reports coming out. Tam, I do hope, though, that they broaden this to other institutions and organizations as well, and that it's not just a, a national campaign against the Catholic Church, because I see that it's, it's great to focus on the problems in the church, but what about the other institutions out there that are equally responsible for child abuse? and I hope that those attorney generals in those other states will use their laws and go after secular institutions as well. I'm not, I'm not sure that there is equal, I mean, the, the, the problem, there, there is a problem in the church. Statistically, uh, uh, there is a larger percentage of people who are secular institutions. But do you necessarily not do one unless but, you start uh, doing the other? The, 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 I, watch, I think this is going to open floodgates uh, state in, in, throughout the nation. Watch Florida. Because if you read uh, the, the Josh Shapiro report, it names a number of priests uh, and bureaucrats who uh, have moved to Florida. Mm. Uh, and, and I think you're going to see uh, prosecution and naming of people uh, throughout the states. But Pam Bondi hasn't actually been out there. The AG in Florida hasn't been out there saying, yes, we'll do this. She's been kind of circumspect She's, she's about talked it. about uh, the state prosecutors right. under her doing it. So we'll... And I, and I think they, they are driven by what's happened in Pennsylvania. I think they're right that they have to do it. And secondly, they've seen the political benefit that for Josh Shapiro has gained out of doing it. And so oh, yeah. they're, they're going to do it for a host of reasons. Christina, a question that needs to, to go to you because you're an immigration lawyer. We saw two families, uh, one from Jamaica, one from Honduras, go into local churches and say we need sanctuary. Half of our family is going to be deported while we have children who are American. And the churches are saying you can come and stay here. Do you expect this movement to pick up? And do you expect ICE to continue? to honor what they've usually done, which is to say there's certain sensitive areas like churches that we will not enter. You know, Tam and, and, and Jan, with his experience in this area, should, should weigh in on this as well. Um, I see an uptick in this because there is a narrowing of legal options for a lot of these individuals with the way that they've changed immigration, they've changed asylum laws, they've changed standards and what have you. I myself do not believe that there will be an uptick in individuals going into churches because it's a short-term, very short-term, very narrow type of option for these individuals. You can't stay in a church forever. And quite frankly, I don't know if ICE will continue to honor the, the so-called sanctity of the, the church. I don't you know, know. This is your you issue, Jan. Do you think they'll continue not to go into schools, not to go into churches? Well, I think so because they have lots of fish to fry and, and they don't need 
need to make a spectacle of these particular individuals. But the big picture is you cannot have an immigration system where people come without documents into the United States. They make an asylum claim, which loses, and then just say, well, I'm going to stay anyway. And that, the irony, the irony is those that. people are talking about the separation of church and state. Well, the people who are arguing about the separation of church and state should be worried that we're melding church and state here, where we have people who are, you know, basically George, going in one direction. We have to get a responsible solution to this. You know, 10 years ago, cities all over America were recruiting immigrants so that they could grow their populations. It was a strategy that we engaged in in America, and we opened our doors and invited people to come. Uh, we bring. I grew up in a small farm town where we brought people in every season to work on these farms. We've got to find a solution to this problem instead of just making it a purely political, you're guilty, you're guilty. But look what's happening necessary. in the world, George. Everywhere in the world, immigration has become a central de is defining issue. America this is, is America. different. America's different. It right? We're founded different. on immigration. We take in more legal immigrants every year than all the rest of the nations of the world this combined. But those numbers are that's down. how different that's we are. To be proud of that's how we different we are. But that's a difference between taking all the largest number being number one in immigration and having no borders and letting everyone come in regardless of Larry, what they're claiming. Larry, quickly, is. we got one. I, I, I think George is absolutely right that we need a comprehensive immigration reform that's fallen off the political table. And it wasn't that long ago that Democrats and Republicans, Lindsey Graham and uh, uh, and, and George W. Bush were behind it. Very quickly, last 30 seconds, show of hands. Should Philadelphia keep trying to have the school year before Labor Day? Yes or no? No. No. Now yes. go back. To, yes. 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 Should they not extend in June when they're not going to deal with blazing hot temperatures? It's blazing hot. It would have been blazing hot the first week of this school well, year if, if they had started it. If they, well, that's an infrastructure issue that's different. That's that's a different issue. And, that's, and the school district and the unions and the elected officials all ought to be combined working on infrastructure dollars to solve the problem. Bingo. But it's yeah. just as hot the first week of September as it was the last week of so August. So it's better to go and get out this in early August warming. and this early June. Not, so you're saying two hot weeks instead of one hot week. This is global warming. Okay, we can argue about warming. it in the commercial break. Worse. We'll be right back. <laughs> Getting heated. <laughs> 6ABC's Inside Story is presented by Temple University. Welcome back to our Inside Stories of the Week, George. I'm on the Governor's Advisory Council for Diversity and Inclusion. Made a number of recommendations to the governor that he's accepted that are creating a better platform for minorities to compete for job, for contracts with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. So I encourage min minorities to get certified. All right, Jan. Latest crisis uh, in the uh, migrant children at the border. Uh, the Trump administration is issuing regulations in an attempt to lift the class action settlement, which puts a limit on their ability to detain uh, migrant children, and we'll see how that goes. They're sure to get sued over it. All right, Larry. George talked about uh, Josh Shapiro and the political benefits befalling him. Uh, it's real. He did the, the, the Washington talk shows last week. The New York Times just did a piece on him. One prominent Philadelphian uh, for, for, for a long time now has referred to Josh as the Jewish JFK, and it dawned on me that uh, he's the most consequential uh, Jew in the Catholic Church since Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, Christine. And to follow on the theme, um, <laughs> next week we will be celebrating, honoring, recognizing the 17th anniversary of 9-11. The first recognized victim of 9-11 was Father Michael Judge, who was giving mm. last rites to those victims of the North Tower as the South Tower collapsed, and he was killed. Um, I just want to remember, as we talk about the tragedy of the Catholic Church, 
that there is greatness in it as well, and that was embodied in the in the figure of Father Judge. And I remember the church that was destroyed. I think it was Trinity. It seemed as though a cross was about the only thing that uh, survived and gave a lot of people in that city where I lived at the time hope. All right. Well, thanks to all of you for joining us, and thanks to all of you for being here, of course, here this Sunday. We'll be back next Sunday, and the Sunday after that, we hope you're having a great weekend. I'm Tamala Edwards for Inside Story.